0: today we begin a new series. And, um, you know, today a very special day in the history of the church. Uh, <clears throat> the tradition in which I grew up in um, didn't really recognize this day. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story as well in the sermon today. But today, churches around the globe are celebrating All Saints Sunday. And uh, you may be very familiar with the practice of that tradition, and you may say, huh, never knew there was such a thing. Well, over the course of the next three weeks, we're going to be exploring this wonderful opportunity that our lives present to us with regard to the issue of gratitude. So today I want to talk to you about gratitude in the presence of God. Gratitude in the presence of God. And so as we navigate our way forward, I'm looking excitedly with anticipation to the next two Sundays as well as we move ourselves to the celebration of Thanksgiving which I think should also include our spiritual lives I know we can make it a nationalistic kind of thing and we're just thankful for the place we live for which I'm grateful and the prosperity that we enjoy for which I'm grateful but there's so much more than the place and the prosperity that brings gratitude into our lives. And so, gratitude, grateful in the presence of God. If you're unfamiliar with All Saints Day, it's simply a day that we give ourselves to the attention of those who have gone before us. Now, Pause for just a second. Those who've gone before us. Typically, when we think about those who've gone before us, we're thinking about those who have gone before us and are now standing in the presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because they have passed from this life to another life present before God. I don't think it's simply limited to those who have gone before us and preceded us in death. I actually think that All Saints Day, while it's primarily about celebrating those who preceded us in death, I think it must also be inclusive to those who have contributed to our well-being along the way. And so today I want to introduce you to our anchoring text for the next three weeks. Uh, We have this habit here at the Vineyard Church Pearland where we try to identify a text that is sort of central to the exploration of the series that we're unpacking. And, And it's sort of a place where you can go back and anchor to one thing and then attach a bunch of things to it. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is our anchoring text for the next three weeks. And it's a really simple, straightforward passage. Before I read it, let me give you a little bit of backdrop. You're familiar with the, the Apostle Paul actually wrote most of the New Testament in terms of volumes written. And and so he's a contributor to the way we think about what a Christian community looks like and the practices that shape us in healthy ways. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he's been addressing all kinds of incredible things that the church engages, practices that are good for us and good for the community that we live in and As Rick pointed out today, one of the practices of prayer uh, that is so good for us also ignites us and should send us to be good news to the community in which we live. So if we look around this room and those who are gathered with us online and those who aren't here in this room or online but belong to this community, there are practices we engage that as we do we are better and we are better. And so Paul has been talking to us about these practices. But in verse 16 through 18, Paul gets really clear and he offers us three prioritized practices that should be present in our community always and ongoingly. Now when you read some Theologians who weigh in on this practice, they're, they're talking about this is not a suggestion. It, the word is called, it's imperative. This is an invitation to do something now. Like, not think about it, do it. Put it into practice. You know, can I just pause and say, my biggest challenge in following Jesus is to not think about following Jesus, but actually do it. <laughs> You know, not, not, not think good thoughts about following Jesus, but actually put practices into my everyday, ordinary life that I live. So as we think about this, Paul specifically in these three short verses is saying that when we gather for worship like we are gathered today online or present in this room... That there are three things that make up the primary practices of our gathering. But these practices are not limited to our gathering. They are also particularly important in the way we live our lives as we are scattered. And so there's this old phrase in the tradition that I grew up in. And it was always said this way, we're gathered to worship, we're scattered to serve. Well, the way we worship should inform the message we take with us as we're scattered. And so this is gratitude in the presence of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, our anchoring text, here it is. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, Phil Strout, our past director of Vineyard USA, this is one of his favorite passages, and he would always say when he reads this passage, "You would say, if you want to be in God's will, if you want to be in God's will, with no question, this is a clarity of saying, when you do these things, you are in God's will. Now, why would he say that? Because the practices of praise and prayer and thanksgiving are essential to being connected to the source from whom all our blessings flow. You realize that by definition, by definition, gratitude And prayer and praise, one theologian says that these are all ongoing practices of prayer. We pray continually by our praise, our words to the Lord, and by the way we live, expectant and thankful for his good gifts to us. That's the ongoing nature of how you pray always. But gratitude in and of itself recognizes the receipt. We have received something that we can identify as tangibly good for our soul and for our well-being. And so today, as we lean into gratitude, we know that we are in God's will because we're recognizing that he is our source. And we recognize that through the praise of God, you are good. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. We pray with the expectation that because he's good, he's at work with intervening grace available to us. And we pause to recognize the good gifts God has given to us. And I want to explore that just a little bit today. When we begin to explore the good gifts, the context here is exploring the good gifts of God received in community. So the first thought in terms of how do we engage gratitude is we are those who give ourselves to receiving the good gifts implied of God given to us through The community, the good gifts of God given to us through community. Now, to unpack that today, I've got to go back 13 years, 2008, November. Matter of fact, I had a revisitation of that this week, and I get a revisitation of the story I'm going to tell you every November 2nd. You see, November 2nd is the birth date of our first grandchild, if you've been around here for a little while, you may have seen him running around. He's not a little boy anymore. He's growing into a young man. He's 13 years old. And if I had any attachment to being a little boy, he would give me that smirk that he can give me like, Grandpa, come on. Come on, Grandpa. Give me a break. His name is Sawyer. And as we were anticipating his birth, we were so, so filled with anticipation and joy. Like, we were just beside ourselves with joy. And that day did not disappoint. You know, as I thought about his birth, I thought about the first chance I was going to get to hold him. As I thought about that first chance to hold him, I thought about, like, like all of the future days of his life were going to, like, pour over me with this anticipation of maybe a Dr. Seuss book, oh, the places you'll go. Or I thought about the uniqueness of each one of us as individuals and human beings and I sort of thought of uh, corny, this is, this is like dad jokes and corny stuff that old people think of like me. I thought about Waldo. Where's Waldo? You know, I thought about his uniqueness and finding him and seeing him in all of these different scenarios. And so as I was thinking about his birth, I was thinking about holding him in my arms. And dreaming of an incredible future that also pointed my hope into an incredible future. And so when I walked into the room and it came my turn for him to be placed in my arms, the backdrop of my head is this is so awesome and this is gonna be so forward thinking, it's gonna lead me into the hope of the future because the next generation is our hope for the future. And when he was placed in my arms, my surprise, it was, my heart was filled with joy. Oh, I expected that. But I had not one thought of the future, not one. At that moment, gratitude filled my heart, and I experienced the presence of God. And the first people I saw were those who had gone before me. You see, I have a rich heritage of faith that I have not always been thankful for. At times in my past, I've thought they stood in my way to experience in a bigger life, and was I ever wrong? You see, in this moment, in this moment, as I held Sawyer, I had those who have faithfully walked before me, showing me what it looks like to follow Jesus. Those names and faces came to me, and the first names and faces that came to me are my family. You see, I'm grateful for Luther, Chester, and Lillian Aller. That's not two people. Luther, Chester is my grandpa. Lillian is my grandmother. See, Lillian died before I was born and my grandpa lived as a widow over the rest of his lives but the connection to Lillian that was so deep and important to me is that my grandfather was once an alcoholic and my grandmother was a great woman of faith and she prayed for Luke all the time and in midlife Through the work of God, Luke found his way to a vacation Bible school celebration with his boy Otho, that's my dad. And at the conclusion of that vacation Bible school graduation, the prayers of my grandma Lillian were answered because the invitation was given for those who would like to give themselves to following Jesus? And my dad was seated next to his dad. And in the sincerity and desire of a young boy, he just said to his dad, he wanted to go, and he just looked to his dad and he said, Would you go with me? My grandpa was not a believer. And here's how he tells the story. He said, I thought to myself, what could it hurt to go with a boy down front? And the answer is nothing. Because his life was transformed not by harm or by hurt, but by the incredible awakening of he thought he was just going to support his little boy Otho who wanted to follow Jesus. And what happened is he had an encounter with the living God. Who turned his life upside down? Grandma Lillian prayed for husband Luther and that little boy named Otho. And the gratitude that I have for that good work poured over me in that moment. You just keep going. I'm the recipient of that good news through my dad, Otho, and through my mother, Jean. And then I'm the recipient not only of that, but I'm the recipient of that through uh, Lewis, Marion Erlebaugh and my grandmother, uh, Esther. They just lived faithfully what it meant to be followers of Jesus. And So I told you about that encounter of having the gratitude of God fill my heart. When I held Sawyer, I have seven grandchildren now, so I've had the same encounter six times again. And seven months ago, when little Anderson Grace was brought into our lives, the same thing again and again and again. Can I ask you today, would you consider gratitude in the presence of God through those who have lived following him well, that have contributed to your well-being. Now, it didn't end with my family because there's another layer of that gratitude that has worked its way into my life, and that gratitude is not just family, but an extended community in which we experience the presence of God and the practices that point us in his direction. And so almost simultaneously as I remembered my family, I remembered this great community that I was raised in. And actually, as I remembered that, I was thought of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, that has become so rich and so meaningful to me. And it's partially those who've gone before us and precede us in death, but it's partially those with whom we walk now. And so Hebrews 12, 1 is receiving the good gifts of the community. It says this, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Those who have declared the goodness of God to us, as we're surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And another layer of gratitude filled my soul as I thought very quickly. And these, you know how it happens in milliseconds? It happens in milliseconds. And I thought of Cletus Brazel, Valdine Sands, Clyde and Betty Strickland, Bob and Jane Darden, Sue Whiteley, Everett Bartoff, Eugene Peralton, Bert Burt Wagner. And here's what I want to tell you. Every name that I read off that list, to my knowledge, was not a follower of Jesus, but they were God's good gift to me. Cletus Brazel was a high school kid who coached my fourth, fifth, and sixth grade basketball and football team. I don't know if Cletus was a follower of Jesus or not, but here's what I know he did. I know he told me how much he loved me. I know he called out the gifts of me because he kept saying to me, I see in you. I see in you. And he would say, I see in you courage. I see in you strength. I see in you uh, competitiveness. I go for it. Make it happen. You see, here's the deal. Every good gift comes down from the Father above above in all kinds of incredible containers. And so we just have to receive all of the good gifts, right, that point us ...to a life of well-being and transformation. And we don't judge from whence they came. We judge the message that comes. I can tell you all kinds of things about other people on that list. I can tell you that they taught me Sunday school class... ...and they taught in vacation Bible school. And they walked with me. And I was friends with their kids... In all kinds of other things, I can tell you that uh, one of them was a high school teacher, and she spoke to me courage in a time that I needed it desperately. There was a, a, a college, uh, a college dormitory um, overseer. There's a name for it, but he was, he was the overseer, and he just spoke. Everett Bartoff just spoke so much life to me, and he opened the door of possibility for me to have faith in a way that I had never conceived of faith previously he helped me transition from a rules following list making doer to a grace inviting life giving loving opportunity to live with the god who has created us all he began to break the power of performance in my life by calling me to rest in the grace and mercy of Jesus. So when I think about gratitude in the presence of God, I think about these people and there are so, so, so many others who have invested in my life. And so for each of you that I didn't name and I couldn't name today, thank you. Thank you because you've been a good gift to me from God and for it I'm grateful The reason it's so important that we receive these good gifts from others is found in this quote from Tish Harrison Warner. She's written in an article for Christianity Today several years ago, but I found this quote as I was looking for today. And she says this, All Saints Day reminds us and All Saints Sunday particularly also reminds us that we do not receive the gospel magically. Scripture dropped from the clouds in a locked box. Instead, we know Jesus by living with and in the church, its people, its history, its story. We have received the good news from Christians, and I added others. We've received the good news from Christians and others before us who received it from Christians and people before them. And here's strong and weathered hands, handing down the deposit of faith, generation after generation, wavering but faithful, struggling yet enduring, sinful and sanctified. When we celebrate these countless saints, we remember the larger, longer story of redemption into which we were born. And I'm grateful for that let me just quickly move to the next two opportunities about living gratitude in the presence of God. So we receive the good gift of gratitude in the community and from the community that God has given us. But we also become practitioners of gratitude. We practice the good gifts of God given to us in community, which means Our praise can't be satisfied by others. We must give our voice to praise. Our prayers can't be satisfied by others. We must give our voice to praying. And our our, our gratitude can't be satisfied by others. You, You know what I mean? Like... I'll tell you a little bit about me. I don't mind eating by myself. Now, COVID made it difficult to eat almost anywhere except in my home. And so for a very, very long time, I have not gone out to eat. Uh, Recently, we've gone out a time or two. But I never minded eating by myself. You know why I never minded eating by myself? Because I love to watch people. Like I can go and be totally entertained by just having my meal and being seated in a very large room of people and just watching the interactions. They don't have to be crazy wild, they can just be normal interactions and I let my mind run like crazy about what's happening around me. I think of the stories they're telling, I think of the things that they're celebrating, I think of the challenges they're facing. You know what that's called? It's called living vicariously through the lives of others. Well, let me tell you, Praise and prayer and gratitude cannot be lived vicariously. It requires your individual engagement. And I think it also requires our communal engagement with one another. And so let me just say to you, practicing the good gifts of this community create for us the opportunity to develop our own praise. God, I thank you. Thank you for this. Our own prayers. God, I thank you for being at work. And our own thanksgiving. That we encourage as we're gathered together, but that we engage as we are scattered to serve. Which leads me to the final thought about gratitude. And that is, gratitude is summarized when we not only receive it and practice it, but when we begin to give it away through the proclamation of the good gifts that God has given me. Let me go back, verses 14, excuse me, verses 16 through 18, 1 Thessalonians 5. Be cheerful no matter what, pray all the time, thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ to live. We, we begin to proclaim it by the way that we live. We begin to tell others about the good things that God has done in our lives. We begin to practice the stories that we tell that point others away from how good I am, but to how great God is. Have you ever interest, noticed that when we talk about gratitude, We regularly focus on where God isn't, isn't when things are tough. And then we discover where he is when things are tough as as being gratitude. Like I'm I'm upset, I'm distressed. God isn't coming through, not doing anything when he shows up and things are not going so well. we, We say, oh, I am so thankful. Can I ask you to stretch your thought processes about what gratitude is? It isn't just when God shows up in difficult trying times and suddenly reveals his grace and mercy pouring out upon us. What if it's also inclusive of I am standing on the top of the mountain having had my greatest success and instead of receiving the glory for myself I say thank you God. Have you ever noticed how we tell our stories? When we get delivered from something, we regularly tell the story of gratitude to God. When we are flying high and are at the head of the class, it's often strange how much we tell the story about how good I am and how wonderful things are. And I got here all by myself. Malcolm Gladwell tells us in. I love Malcolm Gladwell. He tells us in some of his books, especially ones about the stories we tell ourselves about success. He says the stories we tell ourselves about success is that we tell the story in an upward and to the right. So if I'm going to get it in your minds, upward and to the right. And that's the way success is written. And at the moment of telling that story, we are the heroes in that story. What he reminds us is what we've been talking about today, that our actual story of any success looks more like this. And we hope that somewhere we're a little higher in our well-being for having endured. And here's the thing that I'm asking you to do today. At every bend, at every turn, at every up or every down, will you create space to receive the revelation of God's gift to you in others? And I would be remiss if I didn't close because this is the proclamation. Proclaiming the good gifts isn't that... We're not just recipients. Thank you, Rick. We're not just recipients. I'm looking at you and I'm looking to you online. And I want to say to you that the good gifts of God that I see in you are the good gifts that this community and The everyday, ordinary people with whom we engage in our life are in desperate need of. Don't keep them to yourselves. Gratitude sends us on our way and we are thankful. But gratitude given to others in the gifts that we have, we create space for them by recognizing God's good work in us and we create the fuel for their engagement into the future and experience God's work through you for their good. This is why we say all that we do is for God's glory and all of God's glory is for our good. And if it stopped there, it's not fully, it's not fully described because all of the glory in us and for our good has an ending as we give it away to those who are around us. Will you be for someone else what those who have gone before you have been for you, the voice of encouragement, the voice of love, standing with, being with, just being present to model what it looks like To follow Jesus and share that good news with others along the way. Why don't you stand? I close with a quote that finishes from Tish Harrison Warner. She says, so in the end, All Saints Day, All Saints Sunday celebrates God who is faithful from generation to generation. And she says, We have seen his faithfulness, and we have stories to tell. We have seen his faithfulness, and we have stories to tell. Today, May God quicken us all to the good gifts that we're surrounded by. Would you do this with me for just a second? Would you just pause and in your own way invite God to reveal to you some people who've come along your way, who've pointed you in the right direction, who've encouraged you and prayed for you, and your faithful ones. Can we just take a few seconds and just say, Come, Holy Spirit, remind us that we're not alone? And would you bring names and faces of those who've gone before us? Some have preceded us in death, and some are still living in this world, but they have contributed to our good and to our well-being. Remind us today, and may our hearts Be thankful for they have been your good gift to us. Turning it personally, Jesus, would you quicken us to be people of praise and prayer and gratitude. And these three practices central to the Christian faith, may we engage them, come what may, on the top of the mountain of celebration and in the valley of despair. May we be people who are thankful to you in all things, recognizing that not all things are good. And today, if I could have it my way, Lord, I pray that you would fill us with the stories that we have to tell, and perhaps so many people are like me that because some of the good stories are so, so general in our lives and some of the good stories don't have, like, crazy wow factor. I know that's what it was for me. The faithfulness of my family didn't have a whole lot of wow factor. To me, it was just the life I lived in. But, Lord, I've been awakened. And I'm thankful for that awakening that that everyday ordinary experience of faithfulness from you and through you does have a real wow factor because it's your goodness being given to me. Would you awaken us now to not be dismissive of the everyday ordinary stuff that we allow you to live in us and through us and that we would give that away generously to others. pointing them to your goodness and your faithfulness. I pray that the days and weeks in front of us, we will encounter gratitude in your presence, O oh God, for it is from you and to you and through you, all things. bless these your people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.